0: All right, so I want everyone to start by imagining or remembering the best teacher you've ever had. So take a moment. I know I'll always remember the ones who are especially good in my education, the ones who influenced me or affected shifts in my life that were particularly large, but whether or not all our teachers are the best, I think we can generally agree that they're, they're pretty well poised to make large influences on us. Now take a moment and remember the last person you had a political argument with, especially if it were an argument that really upset you. So, now think about that argument in context of that teacher you just remembered. What if it happened in their classroom? What if it were with that teacher? See, we often have a special relationship with our teachers. We interact with them in a sort of elder, younger way, as the Confucians might put it, where we look to them with respect, and we look to them to lead us, but at the same time, we can approach them in the friend-friend type of way. There's a radical equality. We can still manage to be their friends. And indeed, many of my best friends on Westminster's campus are faculty or staff, um, people that I've gotten to know. This relationship, I think, is important um, because it's often one we lack with our elected leaders who might very well be our intellectual elders, but are very rarely our actual friends. So raise your hand here. Um, Who here actually knows one of their elected representatives in some way? Not very many people. Everyone knows a teacher though. So the reason I want to emphasize this is because I think we can use the relationship that we have with these best teachers or rather that type of relationship and extend it further. Now, that doesn't mean we can mandate everyone go to class again. First off, that's kind of intrusive on our very right to choose that often puts us in that sort of political, these political fights. Um, Things like gay marriage, drug legalization, um, immigration reform, health care, just the full spectrum. So instead, we have to focus on making them more widely available. Now, we also just can't do that with our best teachers because first off, they're rather small in numbers. That's part of the reason we consider them the best and not average. Um, So, Instead, we have to focus this as just extending the relationship in general, that of the teacher and taught. And the reason I'm talking about outdoor classrooms is because I think they're an important way to do that. By their very nature, outdoor classrooms are open. They have to be. To close them off, makes them indoor. Their name forms a sort of imperative, if you will. Um, and this is important because when you take a classroom and you make it part of the campus's landscaping, you make it in a place where anyone can wander across it, you've already done a lot of work to make it more available to as many people as possible. Also, they serve another important function. So imagine for a second that you're on a campus that, of a school you don't belong to. For some of you, it's Westminster. Doesn't matter if it's public or private. Do you feel comfortable walking in the buildings? Do you feel comfortable interacting with the students or the classes or the teachers? And I'm gonna guess for most of us the answer is, of course not. Now there's some reason for that. One, the students are paying for their education and you're probably not if it's not your campus. Um, as well as the fact we live in a security high end age. However, we also just have a general expectation that we're not supposed to do that. And these two things don't go together, not necessarily at least. So by taking a classroom, placing it outdoors where it's more available to everyone, you also increase um, the visibility of its functioning. That is, people see it and it crosses an important motivational barrier because suddenly it's become an object of curiosity. You want to go join it. Why are people there? What are they doing? Can I be a part of this? So that also has some important symbolic implications and we'll just briefly mention those. I mean, it's a classroom that doesn't have walls. It's a classroom that's open to a large number of people. It, it extends both that relationship as well as the sort of liberal idea that in, a, in society we do approach each other as equals. Now, because we live in a liberal society, there are some things that go along with this. The first is that it can't just be professional teachers who teach in this classroom. If it were then we'd just be promoting the same side of same sort of one-sided shouting match that we see with rallies and protests today where you have one side gather around and they all get excited about their issue and then the other side does the same thing and no one listens um, it's that's not how things really get done so importantly the reason i think outdoor classrooms can help us get things done is because of the way our beliefs operate so Many of us have lots of ordinary vanilla beliefs. I believe that, you know, when I get up from this talk, I'm going to drink some more coffee. I, I think a lot of things about the world. We also have a different subset of beliefs that we might call convictions. These are things that we take to be true. They're things that when you reflect on, they're very fundamental to your worldview. Religious beliefs often fill this, um, this sort of role in our lives. But importantly, not everyone is convinced to the same degree, even by their own convictions. So if we have, um, we'll go with these three gentlemen here who are hooting like owls. Um, and if you start with the one on the left, let's say Cream is totally convinced that no drugs should ever be legalized at all. In the middle, we have Tyler and Tyler's like, okay, some drugs can be legalized some of the time, but other drugs should be regulated um, and off the streets. Then Andrew over here the <laughs> is just a wild guy and thinks drugs should all be legal. Um, Importantly, when you look at the differences between Kareem and Andrew, they're extremely far apart. But you look at the person in the middle, Tyler, and he's closer to either one of the people on either side than the two on the outside are to each other. He's a moderate. Literally, the moderates are the people who have the the weakest convictions in a sense. And because the outdoor classrooms must be open to whoever is willing to stand up and do the teaching, these are the people with the strongest convictions usually, the people in the audience are the ones who are willing to sit and be taught to. And so if Tyler, excuse me, if Kareem's doing the teaching, Andrew doesn't want to hear what Kareem what has to say, their convictions totally clash. But Tyler, Tyler might be willing to sit and listen. And he's probably also willing to sit and listen to Robertson. And because he's closer to either one of those gentlemen than they are to each other, he importantly can help make this sort of ripple effect of moderation. Literally the cliche that as you change Tyler's views, Tyler can also help to change Kareem's views or to change Andrew's views because they have more common ground than Kareem and Andrew have with each other. So it's with this sort of thing that I put my faith in outdoor classrooms. It's with this epistemology in hand that I looked outdoor classrooms and think that importantly, when we act them in the right ways, so we shouldn't be putting them next to highways, for example. I mean, there's obviously some constraints, but when we enact them in the right ways, they can help us solve or dissolve or even resolve the conflicts we see today. Thank you.